it's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing all right. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Oh, give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Uh, find out why uh, I go all the way to St. Simon's uh, to get a uh, decent pizza pie. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Gawk Box. What is it? Well, it's a two-way street for us. We can help you save some money and even get some stuff for free, and at the same time, You'll be helping us out. So go visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Gawk Box banner and sign up today. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Fight TV and our app on Fight TV. Download it today for free. Go to Fight, that's F-I-T-E, fight.tv slash Billy C, and get our app today. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on a Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. Get yourself a copy. Go to uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com right now and uh, get a copy while you're watching or listening to the show. Uh, also, if you want to get a signed copy, just visit the website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. You can't miss it. And a special shout-out to all of our uh, Holyfield television viewers We'd like to hear from you. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what time you're watching us and uh, where you're watching us from. Uh, we want to know. So uh, drop me an email, Billy at Talkin Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G. I also want to give a special shout out to all of our uh, Facebook Live viewers. We've been experimenting uh, with uh, doing the show uh, on Facebook simultaneously. And uh, we've been getting some good uh, results from that. We just want everybody uh, to know that may be watching uh, on Facebook that if you want the full video version of this show, uh, the same one that goes out to the TV networks, uh, just go to our YouTube channel. That's uh, youtube.com slash Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G. Um, we're going to open up the phone lines a little bit later. Uh, but uh, right now, I, you know, my main topic today, I mean, a couple of things. One, uh, Conor McGregor's been looking terrible, uh, according to reports, uh, in sparring, getting slapped around by his sparring partners. Uh, 
you know, again, just another uh, reason for you not to buy this uh, a farce of a fight uh, coming up in August. But uh, but the big news and, and what's on my mind today and, you know, what was uh, discussed uh, immediately after uh, Andre Ward beat uh, Sergey Kovalev uh, last weekend, Andre Ward uh, making uh, some, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, uh, just kind of kind of planting a seed that he wants to go after Anthony Joshua and his title and be the first uh, light heavyweight champion to move up and win a world heavyweight title, similar to what Roy Jones Jr. did. Um, initially, I, you know, I, I poo-pooed it. And, you know, I, I no disrespect to Roy Jones Jr. or John Ruiz. John Ruiz was nowhere near the fighter Anthony Joshua is. And although I, I would give Andre Ward a lot of credit uh, for uh, challenging himself uh, to, uh, to do something, which, you know, I personally and I'm sure many other people believe uh, would be a, a shot in hell uh, to, uh, to beat uh, Anthony Joshua, I would give him a hell of a lot of credit uh, for giving it a shot because that's what great fighters do. Great fighters and great champions do things that are not that people think are impossible to accomplish. And I certainly think that Andre Ward beating Anthony Joshua is virtually impossible. So I would certainly give Andre Ward credit whether he won, lost, or had a draw. And if he could possibly win, it would cement Andre Ward in the history books forever. Joining me right now from St. Simons. Uh, is my partner in crime, Sal uh, Rocky Senecola. And Sal, what's your thoughts? I mean, Andre Ward uh, acting like he's serious. I mean, even his trainer, Virgil Hunter, uh, who I think is uh, one of the worst in the the business, is is saying that he really, uh, no BS, would love to see Andre Ward fight Anthony Joshua. What do you think? You know, Billy, I'll tell you what. I can't put past what Andre Ward is capable of doing in a ring. As I said, I thought Kovalev was going to do what he should have done to uh, uh, make that fight uh, resemble more of the first fight in the early rounds of that first fight. But uh, Andre Ward had a different answer, had a different, different uh, idea. And uh, I'll tell you what, I can't discount Andre Ward going in the ring as uh, with Anthony Joshua as a totally one-sided fight that Anthony Joshua is going to dominate. And I'll tell you why, and I'll give you points. But, uh, you know, Andre Ward, I think I saw on ESPN earlier today that he was voted as a pound-for-pound top guy, took over that slot. And like I said, I always say, you're only good as your last fight. And, and that's what people remember. That's what people imagine and, and, and picture. And Andre Ward after he disposed of Kovalev so handily, so easily on some level, that, uh, you know, now, hey, the sky's the limit. Let's see what I could do now. And Anthony Joshua, to his credit, uh, he's big, he's strong, he's, he's everything you would expect to see in a heavyweight champion and more. Uh, but there's flaws there, uh, and, and there's, there's ideas. Like I said, a fighter is very careful, and he usually will not get in a ring with somebody he doesn't think he can beat. That's just how a fighter works. I mean, they challenge themselves. A good fighter. And Andre Ward, obviously, is from that old school. He's challenging himself. 
because it's not going to be a layup for either fighter. But what Andre Ward will have on his side is speed, is maybe ability to move uh, a little bit uh, more agile and, and use uh, the ring a little better. Um, and if he could think he could stay on the outside and tie him up on the inside, I mean, it's not rocket science, but it is a, it's a good strategy. And, you know, I'll give him a fighter's chance. That's it. And maybe he thinks he's got a lot of punching power now. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen. I can't discount it. I can't discount it. You know, well, any given night, I can't discount it. And I, it, it would almost be a fight I'd like to see. Well, he would need a hell, hell of a lot more than just a little punching power, which, you know, listen, with all due, with all due respect, he, he, he did display some pop. Uh, against Kovalev, uh, so we got to give him credit for that. But um, he certainly doesn't have the punching power of Vladimir Klitschko. And uh, you know, I, I mean, what, what? First of all, he's given up almost a foot uh, in height, and I don't know how many inches in uh, uh, in, in reach—eleven inches uh, in reach. I, I'm sorry, he's given up. Uh, uh, how tall is? Uh, how tall is? Is uh, yeah, yeah. So he's given up about a half a foot in height. And um, uh, almost a foot in reach, 11 inches in reach uh, to Anthony Joshua. I, I mean, you know, um, you know, Andre Ward's game traditionally was to, you know, crowd his, his opponent and uh, clinch and hold. I just can't see him. I, I mean, the physical size difference between the two. And Anthony, jo listen, Anthony Joshua is no slouch. I I think he's you know I think no, he's, he's obviously not. the best heavyweight on the on the planet. But uh uh you know I, I this is not an easy fight. This is not John Ruiz uh, that you know hardly threw any punches. Uh, this is a very powerful man in Anthony Joshua and and, and Andre Ward I, I think has no chance uh, of beating him. Although I'm I'm extremely impressed with him even talking wow. about it. Yeah. Now, if it's just shallow challenges, I mean, I mean, what else does he have? Apparently, he's uh, not interested in Stevenson. Uh, he says he's not ruling it out, but he thinks that uh, there's no way that that fight will uh, happen. And I think one of the reasons is because Andre Ward has to, you know, call all the shots, and, and you know, so does Adonna Stevenson. So uh, he also talked about possibly moving up to cruiserweight, and, uh, you know, there's other tough fighters in the cruiserweight division. Uh, uh, Oleksandr uh, Usyk and Denis Ledebev. Ledebev has got a lot of mileage on him. Maybe he could steal a win from him. Murat Gassiov. Um, you know, so, and even uh, other light heavyweights like uh, Ator Bidabiv. I think that uh, more people would like to see him fight. But um, who knows? I mean, I don't, I don't know what he's thinking, Sal. Like, uh, you know, wh why wouldn't he go after a, a Tor Beaterbeeve or, or somebody like that in his own weight class rather than shoot uh, for the limits unless he's just trying to, you know, make a $100 million payday? You know, maybe he would demand, uh, you know, Floyd Mayweather money to fight Anthony Joshua. And quite honestly, I think it would be worth it. Uh, you know, I mean, I think he would have to get paid that much because he clearly would be in a fight, right? Billy, let me tell you what I like about this fight. First of all, <clears throat> I, I I was rooting for Kovalev. What happened? I'm now an Andre Ward fan. You know, uh, despite what he does and his antics or, or what he states and everything else, the guy could fight. The guy did what he said he would do. So I respect him. And you know what? I'd say bypass everything else. Go for the sky's the limit. 
You know what this is, Billy? This is 30 years later. This is Sugar Ray Leonard challenging Matt Marvin Hagler. That's what, that's what this fight is. And we, we saw what Sugar Ray Leonard did to Marvin Hagler or in that fight. I'm telling you, that's this is an analogy. That's a close comparison. This is Sugar Ray Leonard 35 years, 30 years later, challenging Marvin Hagler. And we never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I could see this fight. I could see Andre Ward actually beating Anthony Joshua. Not, not mano to mano, toe to toe, no. But what does Andre Ward have to do? He's got he's to move a lot. He's got to move side to side. He knows Joshua's going to get tired after the seventh round, sixth round. That's what he's counting on. That's what I'm saying. He would not be looking to do things unless he felt he could strategy, I mean, strategically beat this guy and break him down. And Andre Ward, he'll be faster on the outside. He'll slip punches. He'll hit him in the body. Uh, he'll slow him down. Maybe he'll hit him on the arm. And when he's inside, he'll tie him up. That's how you fight a fighter like this. He's got power, so you don't give him the room to punch on the inside, and you don't let him reach you from the outside. And that's what Andre Ward could do. He could actually move around, and he could, you know, Anthony Joshua's chin, you know, we tested, he got tested with, with uh, uh, Klitschko, but uh, he also got dropped by Klitschko. Andre Ward uh, displayed a great body attack against Cole. Well, I mean, you make uh, you 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 cut out there for a second, but you make. Uh, I, I know we got you back now, but it, you make a, a point. But please don't compare Klitschko's punching power with uh, no. you know uh, Andre Ward. I, I mean, no, no, uh, I'm not. No, 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 I, I mean, I'm not. Klitschko, I mean, let, let's be real. You know, you know a, and and, no, and let's and, be realistic. And He's, and you can't even compare, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard coming out of retirement fighting. Marvin Hagler, I mean, I, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, yes, I, in terms of challenging himself, I, I'll, I'll, I'll put it along the same lines. But, I mean, we're talking apples and oranges. We're talking about a guy that, uh, you know, is going to be going after a, a guy way bigger than him, way bigger, two weight classes bigger. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I can really believe I like Andre Ward. No, no, I, I, no, no. I agree with that. I like, yeah. I like it. That he's saying it, but yeah. and the other thing I'll say about Andre Ward is what we learned in in uh, the Kovalev fight is you know what he seems to say he tries to back up. So whether he's just fishing uh, to try and uh, see if he can get a, a hundred million dollar payday, because of course the diva in Andre Ward is going to be asking for the huge bucks, which uh, rightfully so. But um, I, yes, from a challenging standpoint, I would love to see it. But from a realistic standpoint, I, I I don't see him having even a remote chance of uh, of beating Anthony Joshua. Not even. I mean, I, you know, you're you're giving him a chance there, Sal, and uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I didn't give him much of a chance to to beat Kovalev either, but he did. He yeah, did but we're talking down. apples and oranges, brother. Kovalev, well, Ko Kovalev wouldn't stand a chance with AJ either. I mean, come no. on. I, 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 listen, Wilder won't stand a chance with uh, AJ. There's not a heavyweight on the planet that can beat uh, Anthony Joshua, at least in my opinion right now. You know, so I, what makes you think that uh, uh, Andre Ward... And, you know, this whole pound-for-pound pound thing, uh, you know, I, I guess we put Andre Ward at number one, uh, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's kind of crazy anyway. I mean, that's not... That's just, uh, that's totally subjective. Uh, it's, everybody has their own pound-for-pound pound list. So, yeah, we'll give him that if he's uh, number one right now based on his win over Kovalev. 
But that doesn't make him uh, Superman. No, it doesn't make him Superman. But like I said, and like we always talk about, Bill, styles make fights. And there's something that obviously Andre Ward feels in his style that he could probably offset or be a good contrast in a pathway to maybe have a chance to win against the style of Anthony Joshua. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I, hold that thought. I, I hold, hold that thought, Sal, because we got to take a short break here. And uh, I think uh, I think uh, I think Andre Wood needs to have his head examined. But hang tight. We'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. That's my face. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at com. And we're back. You're listening and watching. The Billy C Show. Glad you could join us. Don't forget if you're uh, watching us on uh, a stream or even Facebook Live, don't forget the uh, full version, the full video version, uh, as seen on uh, our television networks, is uh, also being broadcast up on YouTube. So uh, check out our YouTube channel, youtubecom slash boxing. T A L K I N B O X I N G. I'm here with my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola, and uh, we're talking about um, Andre Ward's uh, bold claim that he may skip over the cruiserweight division and uh, fight uh, the best in the heavyweight division. And I'm not just saying that. Um, Andre Ward and even his uh, overrated trainer, Virgil Hunter, feel the same, Sal. Uh, Virgil Hunter said, I'd like to see him fight Anthony Joshua. I'm not playing around. I'm serious. I think it would be a very interesting fight. I know you'll have a lot of people saying, oh, that would be suicide, but I, I, I believe he could outbox Anthony Joshua. There's some things about Joshua that I see. Yes, he's a good kid. I know him, but I see things with him in particular, and he happens to be the best in the heavyweight division, but styles make fights. It would be a waste of time to go to the cruiserweight division. We would just leapfrog it all and go for the top. Um just like you said, wow. styles make Just fights. Like I said, but uh, but the truth of the matter is, um, I, I listen. I give Ward a lot of credit for even even suggesting this challenge, but I don't give him much of a chance, Sal. I do. I give him a chance. I give him a chance, and it may not go the distance, but uh, I give him a I give him a chance. Uh, like I said, uh, I would like it, and and. Like I said, I became a, a Ward fan overnight. Uh, I, I, I didn't particularly care. I respected his style, but you know what? This would almost be like your favorite fighter, Floyd Mayweather, challenging Glovkin and Canelo Alvarez, the winner of that fight. And I would love that. And if Floyd could ever do that, you want to see, I'll, I'll, I'll be an instant fan. I mean, that's what we like to see. This is what we talk about every day. Billy, fighters challenging themselves and rising to the occasion and doing the impossible or doing what others think might be impossible. So Andre Ward, I will give him all the credit and all the support. And uh, if he so dares to step in the ring with Anthony Joshua, I'm not saying he's going to win, 
but I'm saying he believes in his heart of hearts that he can win. And you know what? You can never say whatever happens on any given night. And like his trainer even said, borrowed my line, styles make fights. They see something flawed in Anthony Joshua's style that they can take capitalization on and, and, and make make happen for them. Well, uh, as far as uh, challenging, you know, obviously, uh, let's not even talk about Floyd Mayweather because Floyd Mayweather doesn't <laughs> challenge himself. And you're right, Andre Ward, uh, even just talking about this, uh, you know, far exceeds uh, uh, what Floyd has, has done in terms of, uh, you know, challenging himself. But, uh, and, and I, I agree, I, I, you know, you can't deny, I mean, it's, a, it's an old cliche, styles make fights. I mean, uh, uh, people have been saying this for 100 years, and it's true. And, um, you know, if he was like, uh, you know, Speedy Gonzalez in there, and I'm talking about Andre Ward, you know, jabbing and moving and running, and, uh, you know, maybe he steals a fight from, from Anthony Joshua. But uh, I, I just think that all it would take would be one solid shot uh, from uh, Anthony Joshua. Listen, I can't help but get the image of the uppercut that I almost thought I was going to see know. Klitschko's head uh, land in the third or fourth row after that uppercut. All he's got to do is land uh, not even as powerful as that, and Ward is True. out cold. He'll wake up wondering what the hell happened. So um, even from a safety point of view, I, I Joshua's a big man, you know? I, I, I don't know. Listen, I like I, I, I like the I like the fact that Ward is is challenging himself. I also believe that Ward is serious because uh, you know he he's proven that he backs up what he says. Unlike a lot of these smack talkers today that say I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and they do none of that. You know, but it all started with David Hay, and and you know because uh, social media was you know uh, a part of that. You know, him chasing Klitschko around for how long? You know, I'm going to do it, and then he runs like a like a like a punk. You know, and then he has the nerve to put his toe up on the podium to show that that's why he couldn't do anything. You know, I, same thing. Kovalev talking smack for two months, talking smack, and then uh, does nothing. You know, so I, listen. Ward gets the credit. He said he was going to knock out Kovalev. He knocked him out. He's saying he's going to fight Anthony Joshua. Maybe he's going to. I don't know. I love it. I love it. I'm telling you right now, and I'd rather be talking about this than talking about uh, Mayweather and uh, uh, McGregor. <laughs> well, speaking of Mayweather and McGregor, oh boy, here we um, go again. you know, uh, it, there's been many reports uh, out uh, that has been floating around uh, about Conor McGregor uh, in his training right now, his sparring, and uh, basically too. he's getting slapped around by his he, sparring he, partners. I, you know, I, and and. Uh, you know, that's not a good sign for Conor McGregor. And, and I still believe that not only is it a circus, but, you know, it's just a payday for Conor McGregor. Uh, you know, regardless of what he's going to say between now and August 26th, he doesn't stand a chance. Uh, save your money. Don't buy the fight. I mean, uh, there, there's not going to be a, a fight on that undercard that's going to be worth 100 bucks. And certainly watching uh, Floyd Mayweather uh, in a uh, just another anticlimactic uh a fight uh, will uh, would be uh, another reason uh, to uh, uh, to save your money. But as far as uh, that fight itself, Canelo Alvarez and uh, Triple G, uh, like we said the other day, they were in New York for uh, uh, their post uh, for their uh, press conference, and both of them appeared on ESPN. And of course, they were asked about the uh, McGregor uh, uh, Mayweather fight, 
And, I, you know, basically, even though these guys are going to be going head-to-head, uh, you know, meaning Canelo and Triple G, they both agree on one thing, Sal, that the uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight's a joke. And some people were suggesting that Mayweather and McGregor, uh, because if you remember, Dana White, as soon as uh, Triple G and uh, Canelo were announced, Dana White was quoted as saying, there goes our date, meaning that they wanted that date to hold uh, the fight between McGregor and Mayweather. And since they made the fight, they picked uh, a date a couple of weeks uh, prior. And a lot of talk has been, well, do you think that's going to hurt the fight, you know, the Triple G uh, Canelo fight? And you and I both said, no way, not not, Not uh, especially for boxing fans. Boxing fans are going to watch the, you know, the Triple G and Canelo fight is a real fight. Um, You know, McGregor Mayweather is is nothing less than, uh, you know, a circus exhibition. Um, But it's interesting to hear the quotes. Uh, Triple G said, if you want to watch a true fight, a true boxing fight, like a classic fight, uh, welcome to September 16th. If you want to watch a show, like, I don't know, a business show, a comedy show, Floyd is Floyd. Connor, he's a good fighter, but he's not a boxer. Um, You know, in his broken English, I I could almost, uh, uh, you know, basically say the same thing. I I can't disagree with him. What what do you think? Well, of course, what I think is is exactly what he said. I mean, I I can respect Conor McGregor being the best at what he does in his sport, which is MMA. Just like I could respect Floyd Mayweather being the best in what he does at his weight, uh, as far as even if it's a style, not one that I uh, am so warm and fuzzy about, it's effective and he wins. So I, I respect him on that level 100%. The bottom line is these two fighters in the ring are going to equal a farce. Uh, I had uh, an opportunity to, 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 uh, to, uh, to talk to Bobby Chez yesterday. And he feels the same way. And I said to Bobby, we had about a good 20, 30-minute conversation. And uh, by the way, he said he'd like to come on a show anytime we want him. Just give him a day's notice. Uh, but what I, what I asked Bobby was, Bobby, how could the Nevada State Athletic Commission even approve of a fight like this to be a real boxing match? And uh, I hope Bobby doesn't mind me saying, but he said, Sal, they do it under the guise that they are both considered striker sports, whether it's MMA or boxing. So they really aren't looking at it from a standpoint of Conor McGregor uh, making a professional debut in the sport of boxing. They're looking at it under a flag or blanket that they're both involved in striker sports like, like boxing and MMA. So, you know what, Bobby... Bobby gave me his explanation, and, you know, it's the best one I've heard ever since, you know, so I don't know. Well, I but mean, it, it is what it fun. is. It's it's uh, not the uh, comparison. I, I really don't yeah. think that uh, boxing fans are going to uh, pick watching Floyd Mayweather uh, against Conor McGregor over Triple G Canelo. I, I just don't I, – I can't see it. Now, what would happen – would be and I said this on yesterday's show. You know, obviously, you got to give credit where credit's due. Floyd Mayweather has a fan base, and he also has a lot of people that don't like him. 
that buy his stuff just hoping that he's going to lose. So Floyd still has that in his pocket. And let's not let's not make any mistakes about Conor McGregor's drawing power and the uh, fan base that comes along not only with Conor McGregor, but the UFC and MMA fans. You know, they're all hoping um, that, uh, that he somehow lands that lucky shot. And like I said uh, earlier in the week, you know, this fight is bad for boxing, terrible for boxing, but it's good for MMA. Win MMA and UFC specifically are in a win-win situation. They don't, they don't really care. Uh, honestly, I don't think they really care if McGregor wins, but, it, uh, you know, the UFC is in a win-win situation. So they're still going to do well, uh, I would think, with the, uh, with the pay-per-views. But when you get to boxing, no. The boxing crowd uh, will not uh, choose um, Mayweather McGregor over Triple G Canelo. Uh, they may get both, but they won't choose. But to hold that thought, I got a quote from uh, Oscar De La Hoya. Then I got some quotes from uh, uh, this, uh, this uh, article that was written uh, yesterday or the day before that I started to talk about yesterday. But I got some stuff I, I want to bring out and um, throw it out there. I want to give uh, the author a little uh, little kudos. We've got some emails to read, and then hopefully we'll have some time to uh, open up uh, the phone lines. So uh, we'll be back uh, in about two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Don't forget, if you want the full video version, if you're uh, watching on Facebook Live, just go on over to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash talkinboxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G. And before I read my next quote, Sal uh, has been signaling to me, which I barely caught. I will tell you this, Sal, because I, I, I had to get something. I just saw it. It was so small uh, in uh, in the picture that I couldn't see. But you have a question? Is that what I read before you ripped it off the screen? What? what, what I can't what, believe what? you saw that. I barely it saw it. But yeah, uh, what, I'm impressed, Billy C. What, what's your question, Sal, before we, we send you to the principal's office? I have a question for everybody out there and for you, my friend. What do you think would happen if Floyd Mayweather was to step in a cage under the MMA rules to fight Conor McGregor in an in a MMA fight? What do you think would happen? Oh, Conor, listen, Conor, it, it, the same thing that's going to happen when Conor McGregor steps out of the cage and steps in a boxing ring with Floyd. Floyd's going to dominate. Floyd's going to two different sports. Exactly. That's, that's my point. No, Conor that's McGregor would destroy Floyd Mayweather. Question. He would f destroy Floyd Mayweather in a cage, but so outside of the cage, Floyd Mayweather's going to destroy him. That's the joke of this whole fight. That's the joke. That's the joke. Why can't these people see it? If it was other way around and Floyd stepped into the cage with Conor McGregor, Floyd would get killed. Now, 
Floyd you know, doesn't do respect. that. Floyd Same thing's going to happen with this guy stepping into the boxing ring with, with Floyd Mayweather. He's going to get killed. Exactly. Anyway, we got uh, we got another quote. Uh, this one uh, from uh, Oscar De La Hoya. Uh, now, this was um, uh, this was uh, uh, basically uh, kind of a dig back at Dana White because if you recall, Oscar De La Hoya sent that open letter to all the boxing fans telling them not to buy the uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight, and uh, Dana White comes back and says that, that he's hypocritical, blah, 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 meaning Oscar De La Hoya. And uh, during the interview uh, the other day with uh, ESPN, he said it was disrespectful. Uh, I would have thought uh, Dana White would have had a little more respect with this boxing event taking place, referring to Triple G against Canelo. He says, uh, you just don't do that. It's like having a Super Bowl, then three weeks later having a World Series take place. Uh, it just doesn't happen. We have the whole year to stage these big events. They could have staged it in November or December, but it is what it is. We have a super fight. We have a real fight. You know, they're both going back and forth, uh, nitpicking about the dates and the choice of the dates and everything else. And quite honestly, this is apples and oranges, Sal. I mean, uh, McGregor Mayweather is nothing more than a freak show, circus, uh, exhibition and Triple G Canelo is a legitimate fight that we were talking about yesterday is a 50-50 fight right now now Triple G is talking about this will be his last fight so maybe maybe uh, all of the, the rumblings around with uh, media and uh, boxing analysts saying that he slipped he's not the same fighter and maybe the longer wait that team uh, Canelo waited putting this fight off is going to pay off. You know, Canelo clearly hasn't looked, I mean, I'm sorry, Triple G has not looked like the Triple G of old in his last two fights. So uh, this this could be the beginning of the end for uh, Triple G. Well, you and I have been talking about this. And, uh, you know, not so much that Triple G looked a little bit like he was slipping his last two fights. But the bottom line is, you know, he's not a young fighter. And I've, I've been saying for, for over a year now that he's only got about two or three, maybe four good fights in him left. And, and with his style, that, that's I still hold true to that. And I think it could be up to him to decide when his last fight's going to be. But I think it's inevitable that's going to be very soon. And I don't, you know, dispose the fact when we were talking a year and a half, two years ago about this fight, likely, the likelihood of this fight happening that I thought Triple G would destroy Canelo Alvarez. That was a year, a year and a half ago. And Father Time and, and what the last two fights have shown, and I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't say you're only as good as your last fight. Well, those are the flaws, and those are things that, that Canelo Alvarez saw in Triple G that he thinks he's going to capitalize on right now. Uh, I still believe in my heart of hearts that Triple G, especially if this might be his last fight, is going to rise to the occasion. And he's going to be the victor in this fight against Canelo Alvarez. I feel that to be true. And uh, I, I, I know it's going to be a great fight. I know it's going to be one that we've anticipated. And I, I hope it's a good competitive fight. And it's all on the up and up that uh, these guys give it their best. I'm sure they will. But um, I, uh, I could see Triple G thinking this is going to be his uh, maybe his last or very close to his last fight. Well, you know, as, as that fight gets closer... 
You know, I think Triple G has to uh, has to knock out Canelo to win the fight. I, I think he's got to uh, at least drop him a couple of times. Um, you know, Canelo is going to try to outbox Triple G. That seems to be the blueprint uh, of how to beat him. But uh, that's Canelo's weakness. He can't effectively land punches while he's on the move. So ultimately... Um, as the fight goes on, we're going to end up seeing these two guys uh, squaring off against each other. And uh, I think that uh, Triple G, in order to win this fight, is going to have to drop him uh, a couple of times or knock him out because there's no way in hell that uh, Triple G is going to win a decision, uh, especially uh, over, uh, you know, the powers that be, Oscar De La Hoya's golden boy, et cetera, et cetera. So um, you're, you know, I hate to say it, but but that's the case. But uh, one, one last thing I want to just mention and then let's kick it to the curb. Well, we're probably going to be talking about it. I hope, hopefully, uh, we don't have many uh, emails. I haven't even looked at the emails yet. Hopefully, we don't have many emails talking about uh, McGregor Mayweather. But um, on uh, a couple of days ago on ESPNW, uh, Sarah Spain wrote a, um, an article about uh, Mayweather uh, McGregor. And. You know, her, her twist on it, because uh, ESPNW, you know, women's content and everything else, her twist on it, of course, was from uh, a woman's perspective. But she made some really good points about this. Now, you know, I've been criticized with my opinion of Floyd Mayweather outside the ring. And I think that those criticisms are valid. Um, I think that uh, I was uh, uh, basing a lot of my opinions on Floyd Mayweather uh, based on his actions outside of the ring. And, and, you know, when I took a step back and looked at it, I felt that I was wrong, to be honest with you. And uh, a lot of times I now I, I try to keep in perspective uh, when, I, when I think about Floyd and his abilities, I, I try to just keep in perspective uh, of his actions solely inside the ring. And I make my judgments and opinions based on that. If it's uh, some shenanigans outside the ring, like him beating up women and and young uh, security guards, I'll I'll separate it. You know, I still don't think that he's a good human being uh, outside the ring, but inside the ring, he's an extremely talented fighter. I don't like his style. I don't like uh, the way he you know uh, picks his opponents and and you know carries on the uh, the charade. But it is what it is. Uh, but this. Sarah Spain wrote an article uh, pretty much with the gist of his actions outside the ring, but she made some great points. I'm not going to read the whole article, but I'm going to, uh, it's up on uh, ESPNW, uh, but, uh, but I want to point out a couple of quotes that she said in the article. She said, and referring to Mayweather McGregor, and this is Sarah Spain's quote, she said, this is the biggest sports gimmick since Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs met in the Battle of the Sexes, which took place in the 70s. She said, of I course... I that. I watched it. Right. She said... A lot of people did. She said, uh, of course, that was about respect and equality for female athletes. This fight, referring uh, the fight, referring to Mayweather McGregor, is a soulless money grab featuring one of the most flawed superstars in all of sports. Now, that line, you know, wow. I, I, was, I was wondering, is she referring... To Floyd as a flawed superstar, or is she referring to Conor McGregor? And the flaw, obviously, is the way he treats women. Now, 
he said, the th- she goes on to say, the thought of Mayweather yet again benefiting from a spineless Nevada State Athletic Commission and a country full of sports fans willing to value like entertainment over morality. And she's referring, she points out a lot of things about him beating up the women and everything else that I'm going to pass through. Uh, not that I don't um, agree with her. I just, you know, I'm just taking right. certain lines out of this. And I agree with her about the Nevada State Athletic Commission. They are demonstrating uh, no spine, you know, no galloons. You know, uh, uh, she says, uh, even if your conscience will allow you to watch this fight, your brain shouldn't. Shine it up all you want, but this is just a technically sound but boring to watch past his prime boxer coming out of yet another retirement to face an MMA fighter who's talented but more famous for his mouth than his skill set and who isn't even a professional boxer. It's nothing more than a marketing stunt disguised as an athletic competition. She says, I'm shocked to see how many otherwise smart people are willing to get duped out of their hard-earned money to watch a one-sided spectacle that doesn't even pretend to be a fair fight. Mayweather McGregor are showmen who will no doubt provide plenty of verbal fireworks leading up to the match, but when the bell rings and the duel begins, I guarantee there won't be a single paying customer satisfied by the actual fight. I can't disagree with Sarah there either, Sal. She says, uh, buy the fight, and you'll not only be wasting your money on a flawed product, but you'll also forever know that you put money in the pocket of a man who has beaten and threatened to kill multiple women. She says, when you're watching him pummel the inexperienced McGregor, do your best not to picture a woman in the ring with him. Instead, uh, 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 he goes to say, uh, or perhaps a mother to his children, or uh, being punched repeatedly in the back of the head. If you can actually make yourself see Mayweather using his years of training to terrorize women, and you can still enjoy this fight, then you have to acknowledge that sports mean more to you than humanity. Uh, that's the only part of it that I threw in with the women thing, but she says a lot of uh, anti uh, uh, Mayweather because of the way he has, uh, you know, treated women in the past, but. Her, her other comments attacking the commission and the truthfulness of the, uh, you know, which we have said, Sal, is going to be an anticlimactic fight, hits it right on the head. What do you think? Well, I think she was right on on those points, 100%. And uh, I give her a lot of credit, and I uh, love the words that she wrote. It's true. And I can't, uh, I can't say she, uh, she fabricated or, or is off base on any level there. I like the words that you read. And I, I'd like to see the whole article, but uh, but no, she's right on. Well, it's not hard to find it. It's up on ESPNW. <laughs> Sarah Spain is the uh, is the author. But we got some emails to read, so let's get that rocking and rolling. First and foremost, I'll get you guys caught up with uh, some baseball scores, uh, if you care. Uh, Phillies beat the Cardinals five to one. White Sox over the Twins nine zip. Rangers over the Blue Jays eleven to four. Brewers over the Pirates four to two. Diamondbacks beat up on the Rockies ten to three. Astros and the A's uh, put some numbers on the board, but the Astros won 12-9. Indians beat the Orioles 6-3. The Angels beat the Yankees 10-5. The Cubs uh, beat up on the Marlins 11-1. The Braves over the Giants 12-11. What a, uh, what a, 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 a happy bat night that was. The Mariners beat the Tigers 9-6. to 
and the Mets, they lose again. The Dodgers sweep them in that series. Six to three was the score last night. Uh, very, uh, very embarrassing to be a Met fan. But uh, let's read some uh, emails. Uh, this first one is from Jesse. And uh, Jesse says, hey, Billy C. And Sal, what's your thoughts on Sammy Valentin against Giovanni uh, Santillan uh, in the Battle of Young Prospects? You know, I, I had the uh, luxury of uh, um, commentating and actually calling uh, Sammy Valentin's uh, a fight just before he went to the uh, amateur uh, Golden Gloves Finals out in Vegas. So yeah, I saw his uh, Florida uh, LDL TV broadcast it live, and, and I did the commentating. And um, I thought uh, I, I, Sammy Valentin, to me, was an extremely talented uh, amateur fighter. Uh, he's 23 years old. Uh, the computer has him ranked at welterweight at 116. He's undefeated, 12-0 with nine knockouts. Um, and to be honest with you, Sammy, Hurricane Sammy is uh, his uh, nickname, but uh, he's been in tough, you know, of his 12 fights. He's beaten five fighters that were uh, either undefeated or only once beaten, eight with winning records, and five with uh, over 10 fights. And, and of those five, Many had well over 10 fights. Uh, uh, only two of his 12 fighters, uh, uh, only two of his 12 wins against, you know, those fighters had losing records. Only two. So, I mean, uh, Hurricane Sammy is a legit fighter. Now, he's stepping in the ring with a guy very similar to him who's a southpaw uh, and around the same height, uh, five foot eight. The computer ranks uh, Giovanni uh, Santillan uh, at number 79, so substantially they have him ranked substantially higher than Hurricane Sammy. He's undefeated at 21 and 0, uh, but uh, he's got 11 knockouts. He's more of a, a boxer. Now, when you look at his resume compared to Sammy Valentin, Sarah, Sammy Valentin, in my opinion, with the exception of one fight uh, on his uh, resume with 12, uh, you know, of, of his 12 fights, only one fight was against a guy that wasn't all that great. Uh, but uh, but the rest of them were against uh, quality fighters, especially young quality fighters or extremely experienced fighters that had been around with double-digit wins. So I'm impressed with Sammy's, uh, uh, you know, choice of opponents thus far. When you look at uh, uh, Giovanni's opponents, the last uh, eight fights were uh, against really good opposition, but the previous fights were your typical, you know, build-em-up kind of fights. Um, I, I like this fight. I think that uh, this fight, I give both of these guys credit because they're bucking the trend in the sport today uh, by fighting each other. So uh, I, uh, I like this fight. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, Jesse, I, I, I think this is great that these, these two guys are fighting each other at this stage. They're following the blueprint that um, a lot of uh, European fighters, specifically the U.K. Uh, fighters, uh, do, which is uh, impressive. Uh, he goes on to say, what's your thoughts on Walter Katoon uh, uh, Dewaka against Billy Joe Sanders? Uh, is this a legit bout? Um, you know, I hadn't heard that it was officially announced, uh, but uh, this guy, uh, uh, Walter Katoon Dewaka, is 32 years old. He's 15 and 0 with 14 knockouts. The computer ranks him at number 38. How do you make a world title defense against a computer-ranked guy at number 38? I mean, that's... You know, that's not too impressive for Billy Joe Saunders. But then again, Billy Joe Saunders is not too impressive. Um, the thing about this guy is uh, his last fight, he beat a 32-2 and two guy. Uh, but I say a guy because I've never heard of any of the fighters uh, that are on his uh, uh, record of 15-0 and 0 with 14 knockouts. So 
Uh, I think he's an unknown 100%. He says, uh, Bill, I read, uh, I'm sorry, he says, your thoughts on prospect uh, Tifimo Lopez, how do you like his skills? Well, I, you know, to be honest with you, he's got five fights under his belt. He's 19 years old. Um, I don't know. Let's see. You know, it's pretty pretty early to tell. Uh, haven't even uh, gotten a chance to see him. So uh, he says, I read that Abel Sanchez mentioned that he had told Kovalev to leave the gym because he wanted to do things his own way. Uh, is it okay for a fighter to tell a trainer how to do the things if the fighter envisions his own ideas and methods in how he boxes a fighter, but not in a boss-type mentality such as being arrogant? I think both trainer and fighter should be on the same page and not just the trainer having all the control. Look at all these trainers who are awful and are only rah-rah guys. Um, that's an interesting question, Sal. And uh, thanks for the email, Jess. Um, you know, I, I think it has to be a two-way street. I think that uh, a trainer and a, uh, a fighter, before they even start working together, have to sit down and make sure they're on the same page and have the same goals and everything else. But in my opinion, Sal... And you're going to know more than me, being a former, not only a fighter, but a professional fighter uh, who was a ranked fighter. Um, I just think that if you're a fighter and you choose to work with a trainer, I think part of that choice is that you got to listen to what he's saying. You wouldn't have picked him as a trainer if you didn't have faith in him. Sal, you can answer this question better than I. Um, What's your thoughts? Well, it's so true. And, And like I said, I had those conversations, three conversations with three uh, great trainers. And uh, my first one was with Chicky Ferraro. We had a conversation like that. What, what our compatibility working together was all about and what Chicky would like to see from me and what I could show and what I felt was my, my, uh, my area of, of proficiency. Uh, I had that same conversation with Richie Giacchetti. And Richie, Richie saw me... Uh, utilizing what he thought was uh, my best style and accentuating on that. If I thought I was doing something else, he would remind me or he would look at, well, Sal, you're going to be better off doing this. So we worked together. We had a great relationship. Uh, and, of course, I cannot d- d- uh, not mention my relationship with Don Turner. Don Turner, in my, my opinion, was a phenomenal trainer for me. Uh, he also looked at what my attributes were, and, and he uh, helped me. Uh, accentuate those and, and everything else and you know that's the whole thing a fighter and a trainer have to have communication have to be on the same page and have to have confidence in each other and what I mean by that is yes the trainer is investing his time and money on future payoffs of, of a of a contender or champ I'm listening and having a mentor that can help guide along the lines with the style to enhance what's positive and negate what's negative. And I think that, uh, you know, I think it's a great thing that they they have that kind of relationship. It's very important. There's no doubt that uh, a fighter and a trainer have to be on the same page. But I do think that if, as a fighter, uh, once you make a decision to uh, have a specific trainer work with you, that part of that success definitely hinges upon the fighter's uh, agreement or ability to listen to what the trainer says. And although a fighter is inside the ring doing the fighting and is very close to the action, or, (laughs) I mean, you can't get much closer, uh, a lot of times a a trainer can see some things that maybe the fighter's not seeing. And this isn't just in fights. This is in training. 
This is in preparation. So, um, honestly, Jesse, I think that uh, it has to be a two-way street. If there's any kind of friction, whether it be the trainer not listening to a, a fighter's ideas or uh, a fighter not listening to what the trainer's telling me, telling them, uh, if there's any kind of that, uh, the relationship's not going to work. So, uh, Abel Sanchez, if for whatever reason he threw Kovalev out, um, you know, and, and to tell you the truth, it sounds like Kovalev, based on you know, him all of a sudden saying, I'm going to get rid of uh, main events. I'm going to get rid of John David Jackson, uh, you know, is starting to point fingers. I mean, here's a guy that, uh, the guy from uh, Rock Nation, uh, the new uh, uh, the new CEO or whatever, is a total idiot. Uh, but he did make a statement that's kind of true. He said, uh, you know, uh, Kovalev is a bully. And when bullies, uh, you know, when you stand up to a bully, they, they start making excuses. And, and that seems to be what's going on with Kovalev. You know, um, so uh, anyway, uh, thanks for the email. I got another one here from Joel. And uh, Joel says, uh, hey, Billy, C and Sal, with a relatively quiet TV boxing weekend, when you and Sal uh, spend part of your day or evening on a Friday or Saturday uh, re-watching a few older classic fights, uh, either uh, on YouTube or wherever, or do you completely take off from boxing uh, for a quiet uh, TV weekend? Um well, uh, speaking for myself, uh, you know, I'm never, I never really take off from boxing uh, as far as, uh, you know, major fights on TV. Um, if, if the weekend is slow, I, me personally, I, I probably just start gearing up for the following week with, with the show. Um, as far as going back and watching classic fights, you know, I do that from a research point of view only specifically uh, you know to do some comparisons with fighters i don't typically like to go back and rewatch a fight i know the outcome of um a, a lot of times I, I i like to um you know just uh, like sugar ray robinson fights i you know i watch his fights all the time you know uh, marciano fights or or you know sunny liston fights i mean I, my favorite fighters you know any kind of footage on jack johnson you know stuff like that jack dempsey I mean, I love watching that kind of stuff, but I'm doing it from a historical or an analytical point of view. But to go back and watch a fight, unless it was an exceptional fight, um, I, I don't normally do that. I do it at times, but I don't normally do it. What about you, Sal? Well, the same thing, Bill. I don't normally do that, but there are some fights that I've, I'd love to rewatch and, and uh, just to see what my view would be years later and after the fact. I mean, I could... Uh, was the Roberto Duran Sugar Ray Leonard fight the first fight and then the second fight just to see the contrast uh, then um, I love to watch the Thriller in Manila or I love to watch Ali against Foreman I love to watch Ali against Frazier those were just you know classic fights that that, uh, that I do appreciate watching and a few Marcianos I like to throw back back then along with you too Bill I love to watch uh, Sugar Ray Robinson who I think was pound from pound was one of the greatest ever uh, as I know you do, uh, I like to catch a few uh, Lamada fights, Graziano fights. Uh, so I, I will look back and, and just uh, at an appreciation and, and look at what the style, how they compare to today. Uh, and, and even in my mind, I'll, I'll say how would how would a, a, a Graziano do against Golovkin or things like that. And, uh, and so I, I, I do that. But realistically. 
I, you know me, Bill, if I, if I don't have something we're preparing for for a boxing or a show, man, I'm in a restaurant and we are, we are so busy. And uh, that's all I have time to do right now is uh, work the restaurant and make sure everybody's happy and satisfied. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I stick with the uh, uh, boxing as, as much as I can because, you know, it, it's, it's a lot harder to, to, to oh. get this show ready to go every single day than people think. But uh, in any wow. event, hey, listen, we're going to take a short break right now. And when we come back, I got, uh, let's see, what do I got here? I got uh, two more emails. And then uh, we'll try to open up the phone lines uh, for a minute or two. Uh, so uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, because uh, we will uh, we'll be right back, and you know I'm I'm gonna predict uh, two minutes. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts! Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you! I hate you! That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, we're in the middle of reading some uh, emails. And, um, you know, we're thinking about opening up the phone lines in a few minutes. Unfortunately, if you call in... You're going to bang my man uh, Sal out of the picture, so uh, we'll have to deal with that, Sal, but I'm sure you're ready for that. I'm sure you're probably ready for a refill of the coffee soon, right? Somebody in the chat room. <laughs> well, uh, I know uh, when, when you drink all that coffee, either uh, you need to refill or need to uh, <clears throat> use the facilities, right? I did both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you get to do that during the breaks. But uh, anyway, we got another uh, email. This one's from, uh, oh, this is a follow-up from uh, my buddy John, who wrote uh, an email uh, yesterday. It was that long one uh, that uh, we read uh, concerning his, uh, um, you know, ready to bail on boxing because of uh, uh, he didn't like the uh, result of the Kovalev uh, Ward fight. He says, uh, hey, Billy C., uh, thanks for uh, reading my email. I really appreciate it. Uh, you didn't really have to since it was a novel. Uh, I want to go. You know, the reason why I read it, and, and I, I will say this, for anybody that sends us an email, if you take the time to re write it, we'll take the time to read it. But I do ask that you try to keep it short and sweet and to the point uh, because, you know, this isn't a reading class. Uh, but, uh, but. You know, just the nature of John's email and how you could hear it uh, through the as you're reading it, you know, his concerns and really, um, you know, how uh, sorry he felt and how sad it was that he feels that, you know, boxing is taking a, a turn that, you know, he's uh, he's going in a different direction. And and I and I think that he's not the only one that shares that. I, I think a lot of uh, boxing fans that you know, grew up uh, watching great fights and loved the sport, uh, and now you look at it today, and, and the young, newer fans don't understand because they, they weren't around to see what everybody's complaining that we don't have anymore. So it's hard to convince a younger fan, and I'm saying younger, like 30 years old and younger, um, that really didn't witness some of the great fights 
uh, in the 80s. And, and I will say this, I don't even look at the 80s as a great uh, era. You know, in my opinion, the best era in boxing was, you know, the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Those three decades really, um, I thought, were, uh, were the best. Not that I was there ringside, but uh, I know uh, you were, Sal. But uh, anyway, he says, uh, <laughs> I want to go on record to say that you and your guys are uh, pretty cool cats. Listen, I know that I came across as a Kovalev whiner, which I probably am. Uh, but I do agree that Ward won the fight. I just didn't care for how. Uh, I think he completely out-hustled Sergi and deserved to win. Also, like both you and Sal uh, said that uh, Sergi could have fought with fire, would fought with fire with fire, meaning, uh, you know, go below the belt on him. He said, but he didn't. In my heart, he had fought well, but he wasn't going to get a victory as things were stacked against him. I think that my frustration is the corruption uh, that's rampant in the game and not just the Nevada State Athletic Commission, but all of the uh, alphabet soup organizations may even be worse. I completely agree with you on Anthony Joshua. He's going to be a great one. I think uh, Spence will be a great one. And there are many others out that I've left out. Uh, in the end, will those guys' greatness be tempered uh, by keeping it business as usual as it exists now? Uh, I don't know the answer. No one does. Ultimately, I just want to applaud your efforts, passion, and knowledge. Well, I thank you for the email, John. But I will say this, Sal, and um, you and I, I know, have talked about it uh, many times. But at the end of the day, I mean, we can complain about, um, you know, the athletic commissions, the sanctioning bodies, you know, uh, fighters trying to follow uh, the blueprint that made Floyd Mayweather so successful. Uh, but at the end of the day, Sal, it's up to the fighter. You know, if the fighter wants to fight the fight, the fight gets made. You know, these fighters that say, like, like Adonis Stevenson, oh, I, I, whatever Al Heyman says, I fight. You know, that's BS. Uh, if a fighter really wants a fight and they really want to prove something, they really want to show that they're better than, you know, what people think, uh, then uh, it's up to them uh, to do it. And I believe that, uh, 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 you know, more fighters should take that, those reins. And, uh, you know, one example is something we talked about earlier on the show today. Uh, Andre Ward uh, saying that he wants to fight Anthony Joshua. Now, you know, if he really wants to make that fight happen, he can. It's up to Andre. Andre can make that happen. What's your thoughts? Well, exactly that. I mean, we said this in the past. I mean, a, a fighter... Uh, we're losing of you. saying, well, my manager's got to decide this, or it's up to my manager, or I'll do whatever my manager or my promoter says. And they can hide behind that. But the bottom line is, you know, they could also profess, hey, guess what? I don't want to fight this guy. Uh, let's try and find somebody else that would do this. A fighter has that communication, that ability. Uh, seldom will a manager throw a fighter down, uh, put a fighter uh, in with somebody that he doesn't feel or, or want to fight. Um, it happens. Certainly it happens. It even happened to me. But the bottom line is, today on that upper level, are in definitely are on the same page with their managers or promoters, that they uh, have an agreement. Because if a fighter does express the fact that he wants to fight, it's going to be hard for a promoter or manager 
to keep them quiet and to say, hey, maybe not yet. And they could do that, but maybe in six months to a year we'll get it after the next fight. That's how they, they'll pose it, and that's how they'll do it uh, to, to keep everybody on the same page and satisfied. You know, but, that's, uh, I think, fighter, I, not to cut you off, but I think that what you just said is is exactly what Oscar De La Hoya did with Canelo. Exactly. You're 100% right. And you know what? It, it would go hand in hand, Billy, because we said here is Canelo Alvarez pounding his chest saying, oh, he could do this, he could do that. And guess what? All De La Hoya had to do is say, hey, Oscar, it's going to be a great fight, but maybe just not yet. Let's wait six months or a year. Let's see what he does in his next fight. And that's exactly the situation that happens all the time. And I'm, I'm, I would bet almost my bottom dollar. That's what we were saying, that Canelo pounds his chest. Well, Canelo's pounding his chest because he felt in his heart of hearts this is the fight he wanted. So give him credit for that. But the promotion and the management said, hey, we see it happening. Just not today. Let's wait a little bit. And that's how it's happening right now. Billy, that's a great explanation, great, great uh Great arriving at that. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, well, hey, I do my best. Hey. Uh, but, you, know, uh, you bring the best out of me, Bill. See, uh, you should have been my manager. You should have been my trainer. Anyway, <laughs> we got, uh, we got uh, another uh, email. This uh, is the last one. This one's from my man Rick, and he says, the subject says, cut Tony some slack. And, you know, when I, when I uh, printed it uh, early this morning, I was like, Tony? I'm thinking, Tony who? You know, who? what Tony did I pick on? James? And uh, no, he, he's referring to Tony Weeks. He says, hey, Billy C. and Sal, oh, okay. not to beat a dead horse with Kovalev against Ward, but I'm a bit frustrated with all the criticism that Tony Weeks has been getting. Uh, I've always thought of Tony as an excellent referee, and I thought he did a fine job refereeing the Ward-Kovalev fight. I did not feel the stoppage was early, as many people are saying it was. Watching from home, it was obvious from his body language that Kovalev was looking for a way out. Tony also... I agree. Tony also set the precedent early on the fight when Kovalev was doing his best B-hop impersonation that he would uh, not be calling a bunch of ticky-tack fouls. Some award shots were low. This is Rick. He says, but many of them were borderline, and I still feel that Kovalev was milking it. I watched guys taking harder shots to the you-know-whats during the NBA Finals a couple of weeks ago. I can't speak... Uh, about Weeks' comments on social media after the fight because I didn't actually read them. But all in all, I have no problems with the stoppage or Weeks' handling of the fight. I do have some thoughts on other aspects of the fight, particularly the racial division among the fans, but I will save, save those for another email. The, the whole racial issue that's going on in, in uh, boxing today and, and really uh, everywhere is, is pretty pretty bad. And, uh, you know, although racism obviously needs to be eliminated from our world, um, using it too much is anti-productive. In other words, if you're going to refer to someone or assume somebody's a racist when they're not or just immediately pull that race card for no reason, you're actually, it's like the boy who cried wolf. You're actually ruining the chances of really exposing a racist. There are plenty of racists out there that need to be exposed and need to be taken uh, uh, down. And I, I don't mean physically but i mean you know remove removed no no i don't mean like that and don't don't uh, you know load up the gun but i'm talking about you know there's plenty of of opportunities for people to, to expose or or point out a racist and and eliminate them from the conversation or whatever but when you know people 
refer to everything as being racist. You know, just because, uh, you know, a non-white guy uh, wins the fight, uh, that doesn't mean that everyone that voted for him is a racist, you know. I, so my point is the boy who cried wolf. If you never read that, uh, read it. But uh, uh, as far as Tony Weeks is concerned, Sal, you know, I think that Tony Weeks made a big mistake coming out on social media and saying that he made a mistake, uh, that he should have uh, uh, given uh, Kovalev, uh, you know, uh, at least a, a full count or a count at least. Uh, he also admitted that there were some shots uh, that he watched on replays that he should have called as low blow. Uh, but uh, there is no doubt that Kovalev looked like he did not want to continue. Uh, it did seem like he was uh, looking for help from the referee, did it a number of times during the fight. Uh, you know, my, my opinion is still the same on this fight, Sal. I, I think that Kovalev did not fight with any urgency. He did not go after Andre Ward with reckless abandon like he should have. And no. uh, he lost the fight. End of story. I, I don't want to hear the excuses, right? End of story. You're so 100% correct on that one. Spot on. And I'll tell you what, I saw Andre Ward, whether it was a borderline blow, low blow, I will tell you this. He hit Kovalev so hard in the body at one point that it bet Kovalev in half. And that's when Kovalev was looking, where the heck am I going to go right now? I, I, he had no answer. And he, he heard him. He heard him. It wasn't, it wasn't hurting the groin. He heard him in the body. And uh, whether it was a little borderline, whatever, the bottom line, the end result, he took that wind out of him. And Kovalev was just wondering, I'm paralyzed. Where the hell can I go now? I, I don't have anywhere to go. And he was looking at the referee. I, I saw the panic in his eyes. I saw the body language. He was hurt. And Andre Ward, to his credit, he did what he had to do. And he disposed of him. And Kovalev, we could beat it up and down, left and right, and in and out. But the, Kovalev did not fight the fight that you and I anticipated him going in there and being the bully. We talked about it. He did not do it. Listen, so he lost. Listen, in the first fight, Andre Ward heard Kovalev to the body. I yeah. mean, if you go back to the first fight, when Andre Ward started picking up steam after the sixth round, a lot of that was due to some body work he invested in early in the fight. You got to give credit, even though I think Virgil Hunter is an overrated trainer, I got to give credit to Virgil Hunter and Andre Ward for incorporating a body attack again in the second fight. They saw that Kovalev, uh, despite his size and power, uh, is weak when it comes to, to body work. And I think Kovalev, like you just said, I think Kovalev felt some body shots, didn't like it, and uh, was looking to get uh, some help. And, uh, you know, uh, listen, you we can spin this a million ways. The worst part about boxing, unless there's a knockout, it's subjective. And I know somebody one time wrote an email, oh, how can you say it's subjective? It is subjective. You know, we can have three or four or even five different people watching uh, the same fight and all have a different opinion. A great example is the Sugar Ray Leonard uh, Marvin Hagler fight. One time, a, a bunch of people that were involved with Billy C. Boxing we were up at the Hall of Fame and we watched this fight amongst ourselves with no sound. And actually, the sound... Uh, the sound, we couldn't get to work, so we ended up watching it with no sound. And I was amazed at all the different uh, scores, you know, that we were coming up with 
um, uh, you know, different than what we had been scoring for years and years uh, about this fight. This is one of those fights that you constantly watch and score and, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, I still, every time I score that fight, it comes out a draw. But uh, I'll give you a great example. Alex Papali, who's probably the biggest Marvin Hagler fan there is. I mean, if you ever meet Alex, he's got a whole life-size body of uh, Marvin tattooed on him. You know, I mean, he, he loves it. We had uh, my man Dave Wilcox, you know, even though he pees all over Marvin Hagler every time he sees him at, at the Hall of Fame, they always run into each other in the bathroom, and Dave turns around, hey, Marvin, you know, he's pissing all over him. But, I mean, uh, the truth of the matter is they're all big Hagler fans, and, uh, I, you know, as we score the fight, it turns out that, you know, they, they score for Leonard, you know. So um, it, it, it's subjective no matter how you look at it, you know. So... Um, listen, there's really not much more discussion about Ward Kovalev. K Kovalev lost. He's excuse. He's making excuses. He lost the fight, Sal. He lost the fight. Ward was the better man that night. Ward Ward might have uh, won the first fight controversial, but the second fight, he was clearly the better man. Low blows, uh, crying, bitching, and moaning. Bad financial deals from from Team Kovalev. All of that is not relevant. It, the bottom line is Ward won the fight and Kovalev needs to shut the F up. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And as far as the Tony Weeks thing, you know, I think the mis mistake he made was what you just said. He went on social media and he said maybe he could look at it differently. It would almost be like a referee, uh, I mean, a, a ref, uh, an umpire, I'm sorry, an umpire in a baseball game calling a guy who's trying to steal a base uh, out at, at third base or something. Uh, in a big position to 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 be uh, home on a single and stealing third base, calling him out and realizing, you know, what, let me look at that. Oh, you know what? Maybe he slid under me. You know, I, I might have seen that differently, and I could have called it safe. You know, I know they don't go that way because they look at it immediately, but uh, that's that's almost how that could have been. Well, I, I tell you the truth. I mean, uh, you know, Larry Hazard, who's on this show on Wednesdays. You know, he's the commissioner of New Jersey, and they, they have instant replay incorporated in the state of New Jersey. I think it's time for all the commissions to use instant replay just for these reasons. You know, the, the, the system has to work where they can make a quick, decisive decision between rounds. And, you yeah. know, for a case of uh, uh, whether it's a knockdown uh, or a slip uh, could make the difference in a fight. You know, I don't know how they would work a low blow. I mean, if, a, if uh, Tony Weeks went back and, uh, you know, saw a low blow that he didn't call. I mean, you can't go back and take a point away, but uh, you could certainly uh, uh, keep it on, on your uh, on your radar. But and then the other thing is that he was warning both fighters. So I, I don't know if if replay would have uh, worked in this case, but it certainly would help with fighters. Uh, you know, was he down? Was he not down? You know, that kind of stuff. But uh, uh, and I also think that uh, a, a trainer that wants to go to the uh, instant replay. Uh, for uh, a knockdown has to risk something uh, you know risk losing the round similar to football uh, and baseball where they you know they use too many and it's over you don't get any more you know so uh, no, you get maybe one or two for per yeah, fight and yeah. you, know, you do it and you know you you look at it in between rounds you you make your claim and and they look at it and then if they have to look at it over and over and assess it going into the next round they could just say on the media they could just whisper to the judges and say hey Look, we we found that clear. It was a slip. It wasn't a knockdown or whatever, and that might change the score a little bit by a point or two. Who knows? 
Uh, well, I mean, uh, you know, the only difference in, in boxing is they only have the, the one minute between rounds to uh, make a decision. But, hey, listen, yeah. let's open up the phone lines. Um, 845-228-8710. If you have a question, comment, or concern, give us a call. Uh, just uh, make your uh, point quickly because we are going to take a break in 10 minutes. But uh, give us a shout. Uh, Sal, we will uh, probably have to lose you until uh, the caller is done, and then I'll get you back. But uh, you're a big boy. You can handle that. But uh, I can handle uh, being kicked to the curb. Anyway, anyway, yeah, you probably used the time uh, wisely. That's my anyway. old girlfriend. Too. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, is uh, you know, Andre Ward uh, – he won the fight, you know. Uh, it's it's almost uh, the trail of tears now is almost similar to uh, uh, Manny Pacquiao after uh, Floyd beat him, you know. And and you know I, I you know the loyal Pacquiao fans, I, I love listening. I well, I don't love it. I hate it. Uh, but uh, watching them actually try to make a case that uh, Mayweather even won that fight, and uh, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Pacquiao even won that fight. Mayweather won the fight. Uh, I mean, you know. Uh, it is what it is. I mean, I feel that uh, Mayweather. No. I'm, 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 I'm unlike most people, but I would like to see the fight again. I would have liked to have seen that fight again, an, another one. Only, and 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 I'm and I'm agree with you, Sal. The outcome would be the same. Floyd would win, but the only reason why I would want to see it again is because I want to see if Manny gives Floyd the credit where it's due. I mean, uh, the excuses were just. I, I hurt my shoulder. I couldn't I couldn't go on. You know, I, I just don't want to hear that. You know, I, I just don't. But uh, anyway, the big topic today really was uh, Andre Ward uh, suggesting that he would fight uh, Anthony Joshua. Uh, I don't know. I think that's suicide, Sal. What do you think? I lost Sal. Huh. No, I'm back. Oh. I, I, you, you went in and out almost like my bobbing and weaving. Oh, oh yeah. Well, well I mean... I still think that that's suicide uh, between uh, I love it uh, Ward and uh, AJ. I love it, Bill. I you know what? I want to see that fight. I want to see Joshua in with uh, uh, Don Stevenson. I'd like to see him in with uh, a couple people, but I would not mind seeing that fight happen within a year if he's you know. The worst part of the Andre when just, just I know that I didn't want to get to back to the Andre Ward fight, but the worst part of the Andre Ward uh, Sergey Kovalev rematch was the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Um, Sarah Spain uh, referred to them as spineless, and I couldn't agree more. I, I mean Bob Bennett, and, and like I said, uh, you know, on this show. To be honest with you, my, the top four sanctioning bodies, in my opinion, throughout the United States, in no particular order, the state of New York, state of New Jersey, state of Nevada, and the state of California. Um, Cal the Nevada has really uh, fallen uh, on, uh, on that, uh, in, in my opinion, uh, big time. I, I felt that uh, uh, that would have uh, really... Uh, been uh, you know I, I thought that they acted pretty pretty spineless uh, to be on honest with you uh, I, I really did I thought that uh, uh, they were uh, they were spineless like uh, Sarah Spain uh, uh, puts on uh, you know that she mentioned that uh, uh, they were spineless uh, because uh, the truth of the matter is is you know I, what made me sick uh, was the fact that uh, um, 
you know, uh, that they asked um, the the commentators, you know, what their thoughts were, Sal. You know, I mean, they're like, uh, oh, well, thanks for having us on and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I thought that was sad. I thought that was extremely sad on uh, on behalf of uh, uh, the Nev on behalf of the Nevada State uh, Athletic Commission. Yeah, we're we're dropping you, Sal. We keep uh, we keep losing you from time to time. I keep seeing uh, uh, sometimes you're there, sometimes you're not. Are you there now? I'm doing that. I'm doing that. It's a trick. I do that often. Oh, I I I, I thought I got you know, I got one of those Star Trek transporters. Yeah, I uh, you know I'm 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 having uh, some issues uh, with your video, so I'm gonna have to uh, uh, disconnect you and get you back on here. So. Uh, yeah, I, and I really booted, so it, it's uh, it's it's something that uh, I don't know what, but uh, well, we just lost Sal, and uh, we'll get uh, we'll try and get him back uh, on uh, on the line. But speaking of on the line, if you the phone line is open because uh, I just uh, kicked Sal off uh, as we reset him. So eight four five two two eight eight seven one zero. I think one of the reasons we lost Sal was uh, we had a couple of callers calling in at the same time. So uh, I had. Uh, Two callers and Sal, and uh, knocked us all out. So, uh, uh, and we are having some. It does seem like we're having some problem with uh, some communication problems today. Uh, so I apologize for that. But uh, uh, in any event, uh, we will try to uh, to get uh, my man Sal uh, back uh, on the line here. But uh, if you have a question or comment or concern, give us a call. But in the meantime, I'm going to take a short break while I'm waiting to get Sal back on. And uh, like uh, like I said earlier, uh, if you uh, want to call in, the line is open. And uh, if we have to call Sal back, he don't mind. We'll be back in two. Billy Z will be right back. Part of the Billy Z Boxing Network. Check out BillyZBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching. Billy C Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, I guess we're having some uh, technical issues that I don't really notice here. But uh, some people are telling us in the chat rooms and speaking of the chat rooms. Um, the one that we monitor and, and put some of the comments on and even uh, Sal is uh, busy uh, typing away at times uh, is uh, the chat room up on BillyCBoxing.com. Now, I will admit I have been monitoring a little on the Facebook uh uh, live page only because we're during a, doing an experiment whether it's even worth it for us to uh, broadcast on Facebook uh, we'd like to hear from any of you guys that uh, have an opinion so just drop me an email if you take a minute to drop me an email I'll take the time to read it or if you don't want it read and you just want to comment just put that in the subject uh, Billy at talking boxing that's T-A-L-K-I-N B-O-X-I-N-G dot com and I just got a I owe my man uh, Dave uh, an apology. Uh, he, he wanted me to make it perfectly clear 
that uh, he only peed on Marvin Hagler one time. That was only one time. So uh, I'm sorry. I, I thought that every time he saw Marvin, uh, you know, Ma Marvin, he only peed on him one time because now when I see Marvin, he's wearing a rain jacket all the time. I, I don't know. I don't know, Sal. But uh, that's wrong. Uh, that's uh, that's not me. <laughs> hey, it's him. You know, I'm. Hey, listen, I go to the Hall of Fame. I stuff my face with the sausage and peppers, the common basilio sausage. I love them. And uh, Dave, Ma, well, you know, he looks around and he just, he, you know, he, he I'm not going to say he drinks a lot of beer, but he's always got to use the bathroom. I'm just going to say that. And uh, if, uh, unfortunately for Marvin, if he's in there at the same time, well, you know, it's shower time. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, Billy, Billy, Billy. Billy, Billy, Billy. Hey, you know what? We should make a date definitely next year. We should definitely type, going Sal. to the you're Hall of Fame. My, you're, not my, you're not my type. No, you know? I know you're You know, hey. But I think we should be at the Hall of Fame next year. We should. It's been a while. This is the only I'd year like I missed. It, since they've been doing it, I've only missed two years. This year and uh, a couple of, was it, maybe even last year. No, no, I went last year. Um, I've only missed two years. You know what? I might have missed three total. But uh, that's it total since they since the first one. You know, I've made it. Uh, uh, you know, a yearly event. It's just I got to be honest with the Hall of Fame. I. Uh, um, it's just not the same for me anymore. I, I, I don't I like the way Ed Brophy, uh, uh, you know, handles uh, the Hall of Fame anymore. I, 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 you know, the fighters. To me, and, and in Ed's defense, there are a lot of people up there, like memorabilia people that are just trying to get fighters' autographs and then they want to sell them or put them on a, a card and sell them or a photo or something like that. Um, which, you know, I can, I can understand, uh, the reluctance to, to, you know, give them that opportunity for free. But when the hall of fame first started, what made it so great was the fact that you could be hanging out on the grounds, waiting for a, a lecture or something like that and mingling with the fighters, the fighters that were there were, were hanging out with you. And you could go up to them because, you know, nothing for nothing, but uh, fighters generally, I'd say 90, 90 plus percent are very approachable and accessible, unlike any other sport. And, um, you know, it gives the kids an opportunity to meet them and, and you know, they become real to you, real human beings, uh, rather than just a guy you're watching in the ring. Uh, but Ed Brophy and, and the rest of the staff up at the International Boxing Hall of Fame took that away. Uh, now, when a fighter, unless a fighter comes on their own, uh, they're not going to be mingling. They're they're required to stay in their room, and they come out when he parades them out. It's similar, and I've used this term a lot, Sal. That it's it's similar to herding cattle in and out, and I and I think it's yes. uh, disrespectful to the fighters, to be honest with you. And uh, it's turned me off big time, you know, and uh, I, that's one of the reasons I don't go. The main reason I go is when I'm going to hang out with my buddies. You know, this year I know Alex and, and Dax didn't go and uh, my man uh, James Carl didn't show up. Dave uh, Wilcox didn't go, you know. So, I mean, a lot of guys that I, I used to, you didn't go, you weren't able to go this year. You know, so a lot of guys that I'm used to hanging with. Um, weren't going to be there. And, I, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hang myself. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> that didn't sound right, Sal. But uh, anyway. No, I hear you. 
but but that's what I'm saying. Maybe next year we should plan on all meeting up there and having a good good weekend. And you know, hey Bill, did you go to the first one, the inaugural one? Yes, I did. I did too, Billy. That was my that was a uh, well, obviously it was my first time up there. <laughs> it was my first the time first up there too. Hey, hey, that's, hey, that's a coincidence. Hey, you and I were there. Yeah. Look at you. Look at we, me. Look at me looking at you. You yeah, didn't know who I was. We, we, we were both. Is, it was our first time at the first one. Could you imagine? <laughs> I mean, who would have thought that? <laughs> what a coincidence! Yeah, huh? who would have thought well, that? I used to play that lottery. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but uh, but you know what? What you said is so true, because I still have pictures. I mean, it was great. We were actually, as you said, we were talking hand in hand, shaking uh, Carmine Basilio's hand. You know, I think he had one in a sling, or is that Willie Pep? Um, uh, and you had Sandy Sadler up there. Billy Khan was up there. And Muhammad Ali was up there. I mean, and we were all interacting. We were talking. We were we were shaking hands. We were we were putting hands on pats on backs, and uh, you know, and it was real. And that's what I'm saying. It was a more of a connectivity you, that you could experience uh, with the fighters who were legends in the ring. And there you were, being able to talk, take a picture, do whatever you could do. In Dave's case, take a leak, but uh, whatever. I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> no, I, I, hey, listen, I, I, I love Dave. I mean, you know, he, he uh, said to me, hey, he said to me the last time he went, uh, last not uh, not this year, last year, or maybe it was the year before, he says, no, I want, come on, I want, to, I want to buy you dinner. I want to buy you dinner. I said, all right, you know, no, no problem, you know. And he said, I'll take you. Nothing but the best for you, Billy C. And he took me to Dunkin' Donuts, Sal. I mean, I, you know, I, I thought maybe he was going to treat me to a real dinner. You know, he takes me to Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, he, and he would let me get one donut. He, you know, I had a glazed one? donut. Was yeah, it filled with jelly or what? No, no. I mean, he, you know, he limited. He said one a donut. Glaze? He says, don't eat too much. You got to watch your weight. You know, he says, but hey, it's on me. So he bought me a donut. I had to buy my own coffee. But, but you know, I give him a lot of credit. He did. Hey. Uh, he did buy me a donut, and uh, and I appreciate it. As a matter of fact, they were very low on donuts because it was the same year that Buster Douglas went up there, and he looked <laughs> like he ate about nine hundred donuts uh, at one one sitting. Oh, uh, you man, know, so I mean, uh, you know, they were very short on donuts. But uh, <laughs> Billy, uh, Billy, anyway, Billy. no, I'm, I'm kidding. Dave Murray did treat me. Well, to at least dinner. he didn't invite you to dinner and then ask you to borrow some money to pay for dinner. <laughs> no, 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 no. We went to Graziano's and. Uh, uh, we, uh, I, I don't know what we had, but it was all on Dave. So, uh, uh, it was good. Similar to, you know, Marvin Hagler gets to tell the same story. He says, yeah, I hung out with Dave, man. It was all on me. Yeah. He, but he's not talking about dinner. He's <laughs> talking, funny. He's Billy, talking you about the beer. You got some good you know? material. I don't know if you have a writer or if you just, uh, no, coming up with this. No, stuff. I just, I just happened to notice that, uh, Dave, man, who's out West. So I give him credit for even being up, uh, early, uh, uh, out West. It's obviously a three hour difference. So, uh. Uh, he's up uh, brushing his tooth and uh, you know you know uh, the thing is is uh, what they should have done what they should have you know it was funny because you know it's always made me wonder you know they they call it a a, you know a a a a toothbrush and and I you know guys (laughs) like in, in down south I think that's where they 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 invented it because to be honest with you Sal if 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 they invented a toothbrush anywhere else wouldn't have been called a teeth brush (laughs) <laughs> Billy, that's too much. Yeah, you're right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, All right, I mean, that's 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 a good one. I like that. I'm going to use that later. In fact, I think I did. Yeah, no, that's an old one. Come on, that's an old one. That's an old one. I know, I know. I'm teasing. 
But anyway, hey, on this day uh, in boxing history, a lot of uh, cool stuff happened uh, on June 23rd. Uh, In 2001, uh, 2014 Boxing Hall of Famer Oscar De La Hoya wins a 12-round decision over Francisco Castillo uh, to win the uh, WBC World Junior Middleweight title, and that took place in Las Vegas, which currently has a spineless commission uh, and uh, executive director in Bob Bennett. And I say this because uh, I had written a letter uh, and uh, an email requesting uh, Bob to come on to explain to us uh, why uh, they were so uh, <clears throat> incompetent uh, with the uh, uh, Rigandow fight and how stupid he looked, especially thanking uh, Jim Lampley for giving him a chance to talk. I mean, you know, uh, the commission drives the bus, boys and girls. The commission... They, it's their baseball. They get to pitch. But I guess Bob yeah. Bennett doesn't know that. But uh, anyway, on this day, June 23rd, 1933, Barney Ross wins a 10-round decision over Tony Canzanori to win uh, the World Junior Welterweight title uh, in uh, Chicago. Uh, he also uh, uh, had the lightweight titles. Both uh, the Junior Welterweight and lightweight titles were on the line. Uh, back then, the, uh, there weren't as many uh, weight divisions, and they were able to do that. So now today there's twice as many, three times as many weight divisions, and we get to have catchweights too. That's pretty amazing, isn't it, Sal? There's, oh, uh, yeah, you know, there's 27 uh, weight uh, divisions, and uh, we got 47 different uh, weight catchweights. So maybe someday we're gonna have uh, each one pound will, uh, uh, dis- de- you know, uh, one pound will determine uh, which weight class you're. What do you want, Sal? Come on. Well, I see you raising. I couldn't believe it when, when you know, when I was making my comeback fight and I was losing the weight and everything else, and we're we're we're. I, I said, well, am I am I coming back at one sixty as a middleweight, or am I coming back as one fifty four as a junior middleweight? Well, I, I probably could have gone down to one forty seven, but the bottom line is, they said a catchweight of one fifty six. I said, what the hell is a catchweight? What what do you mean one fifty six? I could make one fifty four or one sixty. What do I? <laughs> I think it was the other corner that wanted the catch weight, but I never even heard of a catch weight. Now I'm catching weight. What are you talking about? I, I, I either want a junior middleweight or a middleweight. Sal, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You didn't even know how, that the weigh in, You didn't even know the weigh-ins were the day before anymore. So, no, I was waiting. Uh, yeah. I thought I had another day to make weight. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you know, you thought that you were going to be weighing in the day of the fight. You know, and, uh, I, let me tell you something. I thought that. No, you want to know something? I learned that lesson. In between uh, my fight with Brian Payton um, back in 1987, uh, and then when I uh, came back to fight Louis Lamelli at the co-feature with the Greg Haugen and uh, Vinny Pazienza fight in Atlantic City Convention Center, that's the first time that uh, we implemented weighing in the day before. And Louis Lamelli, you remember how big he was. He uh, he uh, had trouble making weight that day, the day before. And when he got came in that ring, he was a little heavier that night. That night. Well, you were losing weight, and I was finding it. But uh, anyway, <laughs> on this day, June twenty third, nineteen eighty six, Stevie Cruz uh, wins a fifteen round decision over Barry McGuigan uh, to win the world featherweight title, uh, and that took place in Vegas. On this day in nineteen ninety two, Tracy Patterson uh, knocks out Thierry Jacob in the second round to win the WBC World Junior Featherweight title, and that took place uh, south of here in Albany, New York. On this day in 2001, Manny Pacquiao knocks out Lejo 
Ledawaba in the sixth round to win the IBF World Junior Featherweight uh, title, and that took place in Vegas. On this day in uh, 1912, uh, uh, Charles Ledoux uh, knocks out Digger Stanley in the seventh round to win the British World uh, Bantamweight title. It took place in France. That fight took place in France. And finally, on this day, June 23rd, 1969, smoking Joe Frazier knocks out Jerry Quarry in the seventh round to retain his world heavyweight title, and that took place at Madison Square Garden on this day in 1969. Um, wow. Listen, we want you to try and enjoy this weekend. Uh, it is a light uh, boxing on TV weekend, but uh, fear not. Uh, we will uh, be kicking it up uh, here in the next few weeks, and we got some great fights scheduled uh, in August and uh, uh, September. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Triple G uh, Canelo fight. Uh, so, uh, you know, fear not. You know, maybe uh, get a chance to go out and enjoy uh, some things. But, uh, you know, hey, you know, boxing, uh, we're having a good year, all in all. So, uh, we are. I think so. So, uh, all in all, make sure you tune in Monday morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby.